Hello my confidants, Joseph Varney here, MD, and today I want to discuss the most vital aspect of my success, and that is advocating for yourself. I actually feel that this is so important that if there's only one thing you ever take away from what I say, is that you have to advocate for yourself better. Now, that does not mean you should make excuses. There's a difference between excuses and advocacy. Excuses are you explaining why you didn't get a result. And advocacy is you defending why you should get an opportunity or trying to get more opportunities and a different outcome. So this ties hand in hand with being able to articulate yourself. If you can't articulate yourself, then it's really hard to advocate for yourself. I think the most important form of articulating yourself for advocating for yourself is through electronic messaging, either through text or through email. And those are also the easiest ones because you have time to reflect and see what it says. You can get feedback. Did this seem too harsh? Does this seem whiny? If you're in person with somebody, it's extremely difficult to always be on the top of your game, have an answer for everything. They pull out a statistic. They could throw you on your back just like that. And the conversation's done. They lead the conversation. The one thing that you can never do is feel like because something is one way, that it's meant to be that way and that it's stuck that way. For example, when I was in medical school, I took a class called histology, which was extremely difficult for me because it was all memorization and I had not learned to master Anki yet for digital flashcards. They had these lab exams where you had to identify images or say the function, but they were all based on images. And the first exam, the rule was that you can't go back. So if you press next on number one, then you can't see it ever again. I did very poorly on this exam or lab quiz. And so I went to office hours the next day. And I was standing there talking with the teacher and I wasn't aggressive or anything, but I was just firm in saying, I think that we should be able to go back on the exam. Her response was, you can't go back in real life. And I said, that's absolutely not true. If I diagnose somebody with hypertension and really they were just stressed that day and that's why they had hypertension that specific time and I give them a medication and now they're hypotensive, I can go back and correct what I wrote. I can say, hey, listen, I messed up and now that I see more evidence, I'm going to retract that diagnosis. So after explaining that to her, she saw it my way. And the next day in class, she said that on the lab quizzes from now on, you're able to go back. I wasn't aggressive. I didn't make excuses. I was assertive and I explained my reasoning. Now, another example of this is a student recently reached out to me and she was in clinical rotations and she was having a hard time finding a way to study with rotations being so long. So she reached out to me and said, hey, listen, I really don't know how I'm gonna study for this IM shelf exam. And she mentioned getting my tutoring services. And I said, listen, with you going to clinic, 
for 12 hours a day, we're not going to be able to study together. I think that the number one thing you should do right now is talk to your preceptor and just tell them, listen, I would love to stay here 12 hours a day, six days a week, but I'm going to fail my internal medicine shelf exam if I do so. And so I helped her write up an email to send to the preceptor, and the response was amazing. The preceptor wasn't trying to be a jerk. The preceptor was excited about teaching her medicine, whereas she was not able to function with both of her responsibilities. And so the physician lightened up on her and she wasn't assertive. She didn't, or she was assertive. She didn't threaten him. She didn't say anything rude, but she was firm and said, listen, I love this. I don't know how I'm going to study for this. And she was honest with him and he was responsive. Another example of this was when I was doing a research project in medical school, I had to reach out to one of the deans for information about the student body of the school I attended. And the deadline for the poster conference was coming up. It was about three weeks away. And we needed this information to complete our abstract. I reached out to the dean and I got no response. And so I started an email sequence. An email sequence is when you first message them, you have the headline of the email, what you need done. And when you email them a second time, you put attempt two. I had gotten to attempt five, and that is one of the most powerful ways to advocate yourself is to get a response is to put the attempts up there. I messaged all of the deans of the medical school, and finally I got a response that he would get it to me by Monday. I was then confronted by the professor and said, hey, listen, I, I wouldn't have done that if I was you because it seemed rude. But nothing I said was rude. I said, I need this information. I was told to reach out to this dean. The dean hasn't responded to me. Clearly, they're very busy. And after five attempts, I'm trying to reach out to other people because the conference deadline's coming up. And before you know it, I got the information that I needed. Now, being able to advocate yourself through dialogue is not always easy. And there was actually a lady who used to pay me for about three months to edit her emails for her before she sent them to her boss. And the reason was is because she wanted to be more assertive and she was trying to get a job promotion. And so when the job promotion was coming up, she emailed him and it was really articulate. We worked together on it. We made sure that it portrayed what she wanted. One final note too is that when you advocate yourself, okay, and let's just say you're about to be in a situation where you're going to get pinned down. For example, you message your boss and your boss says, hey, listen, I want to meet with you tomorrow. Make sure that you have a receipt. For example, make sure that you let them know what the conversation is about. Recently, I was a part of helping someone through a text dialogue where the boss had accidentally put something rude about a colleague inside of the group chat. So she emailed the boss, the head boss, and the boss said, yeah, I really don't understand what you're saying in this email, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. And so what she did is she put the bullet points of exactly what was to be done in the conversation tomorrow. Why don't you just meet with me tomorrow and we talk about it? She's a small female. He was a big male. 
in that conversation, he could have ran the conversation, but she had exact points of how it was going to go. I need to speak to HR. This is not okay. There's no sweeping it under the rug. That was the essence of it. So you guys, I love you with all my heart. Please stay tuned for more Confidant's content. And if there's any questions, comments, concerns, you can post what you want me to talk about on Confidant's.com. I love you guys. Joseph Arnie, MD, out.